Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. Our next guest on Be Brave at Work is Jonathan Schroyer. Jonathan's mantra as a leader is to dream big and then go forth to achieve what others say is not possible. The future is built by those who can say, how can it be done? And adopt a Nelson Mandela's win or learn philosophy. This was evident in co-founding Officium Labs, which Arise acquired in 2021 and Arise is the organization at which Jonathan is currently employed. Jonathan believes actions speak louder than words, and the dozens of accolades he has received reflect his valuable leadership actions. And if you want to see those accolades, just open up his LinkedIn account, and you will see them actively listed. Today, he is the Chief CX Innovation Officer at Arise. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ed. It's great to be here. We are thrilled that you're here with us today to talk about bravery at work. And before we get there, if you could tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're currently doing at Arise and to some degree what Arise does as an organization. No, it's great. So I'm a Chief CX Innovation Officer at Arise. So I run the Arise Consulting Vertical as well as the Gaming Vertical. Uh, I was the CEO and co-founder of Fissian Labs before we were bought by Arise. And the easiest way for folks to think about what Arise does is is it's kind of the AWS of human capital, where it allows companies to have immense access to great talent globally in the services arena. Um, So whether it's customer service, whether it's game testing, whether it's localization, community, uh, in some cases we do picking and packing and fulfillment and those types of things. It's really a platform that has that on-demand elasticity and allows the human capital to be able to be distributed where it's needed at the client level and at the at the kind of service partner level, which is what we call the workers on the platform. It gives them the flexibility to be able to work where they, where they want to work, live where they want to live, and work for micro shifts, so like 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, and so forth. So they get to have work around their life. And so my background or the context of me is I come from Texas. I grew up there. Uh, my family, I have 10 kids in our family, so 12 of us totally. I was Jasper in Cleveland, Texas. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? Is where, is where I went to school, then I went to university, and then I've just been kind of bouncing from uh, tech hub to tech hub 
doing fun things. I started with Microsoft. I was at Symantec. I did some startup work with Postmates, Forte. I founded my own company. And then, you know, now I work with Arise Virtual Solutions. So one of 10 kids, and where are you in the proverbial pecking order? I'm in the middle, so they often call me the diplomat. Well, with 10 kids, uh, there has to be two middles, right? There can't be just one. It's true. It's fair. In the middle. It's fair. So it's fair, uh, either one, your, your younger brother or sister or older brother and sister co-share that role with you. It's true. It's true. It's true. And when you say gaming, are you talking about gambling gaming or online gaming? What type of gaming are you discussing? So it's, so it's video games. So you think about your console video games, computer PC games. You can think about streaming games like Netflix and Samsung have streaming game platforms now. You can also think about virtual reality games and metaverse games and blockchain games. So it's the, it's the entire kind of ecosystem of gaming. And I think for our listeners as well, your title has the letter CX. What does that stand for? Yeah, it's customer experience. And so I'm, I have a, I'm in the CX lab. I mean, obviously they can't see us because we're on audio, but I'm in the CX lab. We have an innovation lab here in San Francisco where we bring customers in to help them kind of think and dream about the future experiences that can drive profitability and stickiness for, for the company, but also great experiences for them. And so how do you collect customer experience feedback? Is it through focus groups that you find people and bring them in? Are there ways that people who play a game can instantly share feedback or observations or even bugs or something that they're seeing that they think you should know about? Well, I think what's super amazing now with big data is that there's so much information out there that you don't have to reach out to customers as often as you used to. So inside of, let's say, a video game that you're playing, you take actions, and those actions are recorded in a database. And then an AI can can analyze the actions that you're taking to identify if you're having issues or challenges or concerns and where you can either proactively be reached out to by the customer experience team, or if you have an issue or challenge concern and the AI hasn't picked up um, the data yet, you can reach out and provide your, your feedback by asking a question or letting them know you're having an issue. And so really, when you think about the combination of like the, the human talent and the AI capability, we have this, this awesome opportunity to take all of this data and put it into a, a location where humans and machines can help players have better experiences. Wow. Well, it sounds fascinating. I am not a huge online video game player, so this is all new for me in respect to kind of what you do and how you do it, but I'm sure it keeps you busy. It's pretty great. I mean, even if you're not an online kind of video game player, really anything that has a digital footprint um, that you use today, uh, such as this program that we're on today, um, it, they'll gather data and information and intents and sentiment that will help you as a, or they should help you as a customer to have a better experience, to want them to continue to use their product. And in gaming, it's to get them back to the game that they love, that they choose to play, because you can choose to be entertained in many different ways. And gaming is just one of them. And when you go back to your college years, Jonathan, what did you major in in college? Uh, management. Okay, so you weren't necessarily a computer-based person or somebody who came in with a tremendous technical background? Well, I started at computers when I was eight years old. And so I've been on computers since the early Commodore 64s, the big 20s uh, back in the day, in the 80s and so forth. And then, you know, you get the IBM, Packard Bells, and then the Apples and then the Microsoft and so forth and so on. So I've been a kind of a computer techie for my, my whole life. 
my first my first job out of college was was with Microsoft, and I was a, a forecast analyst. And it, so I was heavy, deep into like Visual Basic and and really focused on how do you build better workflows and workforce capability and models to 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 put people where they need to be. And then about five or six years into my career of focusing a lot on analytics in my first job, I, I really th- I really thought about like, well, my major was management. How can I kind of grow that muscle a little bit? And then I went into some management roles and I've been in management ever since. Yeah, you know, it's amazing when you think about kids today uh, in their 20s, they grew up with computers, right? As an infant or a two or three-year-old, they already had a laptop or something you know, back in my day, you know, we had the big machines with the cards and all that craziness, which nobody can even remember at this point. But, uh, you know, it just shows how evolution has driven so quickly, really, our uh, relationship with computers. So you started at Microsoft. You've worked at other companies like uh, PostNotes. Um, you know, when you think about bravery and when you think about, you know, your role and the what you majored in at college and kind of where you are today, uh, you know, has bravery played a role in your observations in respect to how people interact or things that they need or want to say at work that they may or may not say at all? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of stresses that people have or tensions that people have with vocalizing vocalizing their opinions to the point that they're their own advocate. I'll, I'll say it that way, right? Because uh, there's some things that maybe you shouldn't say at work and maybe there's some things you should say. But I think it's always important for you to understand that no one's going to be your advocate more than yourself. And so I was asked the question of like, what would be one piece of advice that I would give to somebody if they wanted to be brave at work? And I would say, well, pretend that every decision that you make at work is has the context that you're financially independent. And, and what that does is that really changes your mindsets and the courage that you have at work to say the things that should be said, um, to, to speak truth to power if needed, um, to, to be your own advocate, and to really drive what you think uh, is a diverse way to, to drive the business forward. I think all too often people are concerned about, well, I'll get fired, or I'll be seen this way, or I'll be seen that way. And, and I think that I understand those tensions because when I was in my 20s, I felt kind of the same way. But, you know, like if I was to go back to my 20-year-old self, I'd be like, just pretend you're financially independent. What would you do? You're still going to learn, win and learn, right? But what would you do and what would you say? And I would guess it's going to be a little bit differently than maybe what I did in my 20s. Well, I think if we all thought back, we would probably do some things in our 20s differently than we've done today as we have learned and experienced things that we didn't have the experience before. And I certainly love that model you're sharing in respect to advocating for yourself because to expand it just a little bit, nobody cares about you as much as you do. You know, no one thinks of Jonathan any day as much as you, not your significant other, not your children, not your parents. You know, they think of you, they love you, but no one thinks of you as much as you do. And no one cares about your success as much as you do. So, you know, finding ways to say what's on your mind, to do it, of course, with respect and professionalism is always important, but, you know, finding ways to do that. And you touched on a couple of rationales that people create to not do it, like I'm going to get fired or I'm going to get in trouble. And, you know, why do you think people do that? I know you're not a psychologist, but, you know, why do you think people create these reasons not to do something more than they spend time trying to figure out why it's good to do it? 
I think oftentimes as human beings, we think that the present is final. And we forget that life is 80 years, 90 years, however long you live, right? So the present isn't final. The present is just iterative. And But when you're in that moment, you, sometimes you can become a prisoner of the present. And you don't remember, like, you don't open your mind and think, oh, actually, this is just a moment in a million moments in my life. I don't need to be a prisoner to this moment. And, and there could be reasons why people decide to be a prisoner to that moment. But I think that's the guidance I give people is just don't be a prisoner to that moment. Respect it, understand it, understand the implications of what you might do in that moment, but realize that you have millions of moments left in your life. Whatever you make, whatever decision you make in this moment is not going to be final. Well, I, again, love that thought process, right, for people who are listening, that the present is not final or uh, it is more infinite in respect to the direction you can go and the benefits of saying something to somebody that might be helpful for them. A lot of the conversations we have, Jonathan, on the podcast has to do with conversations that I need to have with my boss more specifically that I just haven't had. And I'm either afraid to do it or afraid of their reaction or think I'm going to get fired or demoted, even though I can't think of anyone that's ever happened to. But I still think that, you know, I'll be the first person that that happens to. And we really spend more time, and this might be part of human nature, more time creating reasons not to do it, then we sit back, then we take to sit back and think about why should I do this? You know, why should I have this conversation with my boss? What are some of the benefits? So if you have had brave moments in your career, Jonathan, you know, if you could reflect just for a minute, you know, what might be some of the benefits of having a brave conversation with the boss? If the boss is doing something they don't realize or is having an impact they don't recognize and you feel like you're the right person to say something, if the past, if the present isn't finite, you know, what are some of the benefits to saying something? Well, I think, so I worked at a, a startup company maybe about five or 10 years ago, and I, I started to notice, like, you know who you are as a person, right? And so you notice when changes happen to you over time. And I started to notice that my mental health was degrading. And I noticed that I was becoming more impatient. And I also noticed that I was doing things that I normally wouldn't do at work. And I think the reason why was because I was kind of part of this company that had a bit of a fear-based culture. And I didn't realize it until like, so I was, I'd been with the company for about a year. And I was like, I was like, I need to, I need, just need to take a holiday and I need to reflect on who a I mental, am. A mental health day. Yeah. Exactly. I need to reflect on who I am as a person and where, what's this journey looking like and what I need to do to, to change it. And so in this particular case, you know, I shared my thoughts and my opinions with, with my boss, with the, t with the HR team, so we can make the whole company better. And in the end, in this case, unfortunately, the company wasn't willing to make changes. And I wasn't willing to continue to have mental health degradation. And in some cases, you have to make those brave decisions. And so I, I chose to leave. Um, that's, not the, that's not the answer to every situation. But I did work on it for six months. And after six months, I, I felt that my life and my mental health were more important than any value, monetarily or otherwise, that I was getting from this company. And I think that's important for people to realize, you know, again, quitting is not always the answer. But in some cases, it, you know, leaving a negative situation is the answer. 
Well, I think for our listeners, we need to recognize that just because we are brave doesn't mean we're going to have the outcome that we think we should have, right? You might very politely and respectfully and professionally say something to a boss or to other leaders in the organization or human resources, and they might say, hey, we hear you, we understand you, but that's not how we operate here or that's not how we plan on operating. And then you have a choice, which is now that you've said what you think and they have said what they've thought, there's a lot of clarity, right? That's the one of the huge benefits of being brave is you get better clarity on the reality of what you're existing in. And then you can make choices and your choice could be either, okay, well, I'm going to stay because I've said what I wanted to say and they told me what they wanted to say and I'm just going to ride the wave. Or I guess now I realize that I've, that I've, now that I've been brave, that this isn't a good fit for me and I should move on. You know, not every job is a perfect fit. Not every new hire is going to be a perfect fit. Turnover uh, and uh, not uh, natural turnover, but, you know, turnover due to performance or fit is normal, right? It's not unusual for people to move on because where they went or what they thought they were going to be was different than what they experienced. And that sounds like what you have experienced as well. Yeah, no, 100%. So I just want to recap, I think, some of the three things that you shared today, uh, Jonathan, that I think people should think about. You know, first of all, that you need to know and care about yourself more. Uh, you know, we've joked on past podcasts that uh, Socrates' statement, know yourself, which is thousands of years old, uh, still is resonant today. Right. Self-awareness is such an important part to being brave as to what you're feeling and why you're feeling it and what you can do about it. Uh, being self-aware, right, as to who you are is super critical. And then the third that, you know, the present isn't finite, right, that you're not just stuck in the present. In fact, you know, we've now been talking for several minutes and we've moved on from where we were before. Right. So the present isn't finite. So, you know, I think those are really three key lessons that people can think about and apply as they're attempting to be brave at work. And Michael, uh, Jonathan, if people wanted to get in touch with you to talk with you a little bit more about you or the work that you're doing, where can they find out that information? I think there's two places. So you can uh, look up me on LinkedIn, Jonathan Schroyer, um, and then uh, arise.com is the company's website. So either location would be great. Great. And just spell your last name for us. S-H-R-O-Y-E-R. Fantastic. You know, some people I'm sure might want to put a C in there between the S and H. But Yeah, yeah. well, some people do. There, there are variations. <laughs> well, listen, we really appreciate your thoughts and observations and insights today, Jonathan. Thank you so much for being a guest on Be Brave at Work. All right. Thanks for the time today and thanks for the opportunity. Have a good day. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore Being Brave at Work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.